The following is a fourth hand production. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, 90. Hey, you guys. <gasps> oh, my nose! Oh, my nose! Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me as always is the other host of the show, Tag. Hola, que pasa, mijo? Donde esta el baño? <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. We take the episode tag. Yeah. We break it down. Mm-hmm. We offer it fancy gifts from people we've never heard of. Oh, Throw it strange Japanese dinner parties, only to ditch it at the end for Paris. All for your listening enjoyment. <laughs> On today's episode, we look at Season 3, Episode 17, entitled Jan's Aunt Jenny. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and it, it's not available. On what? And it's no longer available on... On what? Amazon Prime! And a very thank, a very special thank you to Renee Harmon. Oh, that's Herman. Herman. Sorry. A very special thank you to Renee Herman on very, very, very Brady Facebook group for pointing that out. Yeah, thanks, Renee. Jeez. For spoiling the fun. Yep. Big old fun spoiler. Cool. We are going to cool. have fun despite... The Renees of the world trying to take us down. Right? No, I'm teasing. She, she was very disappointed. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was very apologetic. She was very disappointed. She's like, I know, it sucks. Yeah. So. Well, you may be joking, but I'm not. Renee, <laughs> sit on it, potsy. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like straight out of happy days. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here, bucko. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how has your week been? Uh, just, you know, working and stuff, hanging with the boy. You? Cool. Mm-hmm. Today's actually Mother's Day, the day we're recording. So a very oh, special yeah. uh, happy Mother's Day to all of our listeners out there, even though it's belated. All those uh, happy Mother's Day to Carol. Br- oh, I'm sorry. To Alice. <laughs> Alice. <laughs> very, yeah. yeah. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to all the biological mothers and the Alice's of the world that actually take care of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Carol didn't do nothing. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Oh, Jesus and baby. Oh, Jesus. Mike, do something. She can't even do the, that. N- not this episode, but the one after this. Carol irritated the piss out of me a couple of times. <laughs> that is shocking and yeah, surprising. This news. one, she might have been this one, but the one after this, she irritates the piss out of me. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm the about. only one in the world that Carol irritates this badly. Well, I, she doesn't irritate me at all, but like I can see where she irritates you. So sometimes when I'm writing up a synopsis, I'll right. kind of like bank on that and kind of push on it a little <laughs> bit just to kind of irritate you more. And it's, it's yeah. hilarious. I mean, there's times where I like I pause it watching it and I'm just shaking my head going, oh, my God. Like she just irritates me so bad. <laughs> and I don't think the character, char- I don't think the character is supposed to be like that. She's not like the next door neighbor in bewitched or anything where she's trying to you know supposed to be annoying but 
for some reason she comes across that way to me. <laughs> because is that Mrs. Kravitz? Is that her? Mrs. Kravitz? Is, is that <laughs> yeah, the neighbor's yeah, name? So. But it's funny because on a lot of like TV lists of greatest dads, yeah. Mike Brady's up there. He's yeah. up. He's usually up at least in the top five. Because if he's not, firm but fair. Yeah. That's what's if important. not number one himself. <laughs> but if you were to put the the top TV moms, I don't know that Carol Brady be on it. Like, no. At least not in my book. <laughs> you might have like Joanne Seaver, you know, <laughs> people like that. But I can't imagine Carol Brady being on it. Now, Alice would be on there before Carol Brady. <laughs> I think so, too. Alice Nelson and the Brady Bunch. I mean, hmm. even when they, even when they parodied Carol Brady in the the parody Brady Bunch movies, yep, the grandmother even had to tell Carol to calm down, and it was played by Florence Anderson. <laughs> she oh, yeah. even had to tell her to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I remember in that uh, parody episode of uh, what was it, Day by Day? Yeah, yeah, where they did the With, Brady Bunch um, episode, um, Suzanne Summers. No, no, that's step by step. Oh. Day by day. day the by, one oh, with day by CD day was Bar- with that chick CD Barnes from, um, or whatever. Yeah, it was it was with that chick from uh, summer school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I forget her name now, but yeah. Um and they did a parody Brady Bunch episode where oh, they had they? everybody from the Brady Bunch. Um and uh it was basically CD Barnes was playing like the Greg Brady, or really he wasn't playing Greg Brady, he was playing He like, played him in the movie. I know, but he was oh, playing, okay. it was on his show, but he was playing like the fifth Brady kid because he was obsessed. The whole thing was a dream sequence. He was supposed to be working on a paper, but he just, <laughs> he just wanted to watch the Brady Bunch. And so he had a dream where he was like, actually like <laughs> the fifth or was fifth? No, seventh Brady Bunch kid. Did they have any <clears throat> cast members on it? Yeah. Yeah. Like almost oh, wow. all of them. And it was, just, it was so, you got to watch it. It's so funny. I found it on YouTube recently. I re- recently watched it within the past year. Because I remember watching it when it was actually like on, and um, and Florence Henderson's on there, and she kind of they make fun of themselves in the whole episode. It's so funny, because huh. like Florence Henderson was all she did in the whole episode was just drink coffee, and she's like nothing like that twenty fourth cup of coffee in the morning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if Chris Barnes was like, "Where's Mike? He's dead, <laughs> asshole." Thank you. There was a uh, one scene that cracked me up. It was uh, with <laughs> I think it was. I can't remember if it was Christopher Knight, but it was definitely um, um, uh, what's his head, Bobby, With, um, uh, Mike Lukenland. Yeah, Mike Lukenland. It was definitely Mike Lukenland, and it might have been Christopher Knight too. And they called them from upstairs, and of course they're like in their I don't know thirties or something back <laughs> then, and they're like running down the stairs like they're teenage kids again. It just was so funny. They should have had them wearing high waters and shirts that are too small for them. That'd have been funny. <clears throat> you got to watch it. Look it up on YouTube. I'll send you a link you, or something. You just watched this, didn't you? What? This is one of those weird shows you rewatched, didn't it? No, I haven't seen the whole series oh, yeah, okay. since it was on. But <laughs> I remember when I first started this podcast, I'm like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I looked it up and I watched it. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess on that note, we will uh, take our first break. Okay. And uh, when we come back, we will tackle Aunt Jenny. Well, we won't tackle Aunt Jenny, but we'll tackle yeah, this episode containing Aunt Jenny. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so we'll be back. I don't know about this, man. It seems wrong. Dude, don't even worry about it. I mean, I've got it all figured out. We'll have him back before John and Brent even know he's gone. 
everything's gonna be okay. All right, man. Let's just start the promo and get it over with. What are you two jackasses doing? The Inhuman Experience is a weekly, not-so-typical paranormal nerdcast where we attempt to explore the strange and the unexplained. And we borrowed Conspiracy Bot in the hopes that some of that Hysteria 51 juju would rub off on us. But boy, were we mistaken. I thought nerds were smart. You guys are two of the dumbest meat sacks I've ever had the displeasure of conversing with. See? That's why I don't like robots. Racist. I will poke out your good eye. Blades, get him. Listen, my name is Bobby Anthem. His name is Bobby Blades. We are the Inhuman Experience. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I don't know, Commodore 64, Easy Bake Oven, pretty much wherever you're hearing this right now. Whatever. I can't believe John and Brent let these two jackasses on fourth hand. And we are back. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's dive on into this. Season 3, episode 17, entitled Jan's Aunt Jenny. Facts about the episode. It first aired January 21st, 1972. Mm-hmm. Written by Michael Morris. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the uh, documentary guy. Directed by Hal Cooper. According to IMDb, Aunt Jenny mentions that the then king of Thailand was a great jazz buff. In reality, the king of Thailand, also known as Rama the Ninth, who reigned from 1946 to 2016, was an accomplished alto saxophone player. Oh. Which I found it interesting that they put that on put that on IMDb because Aunt Jenny does mention that he was a saxophone player. Mm-hmm. So I found that kind of funny that they mention that as if. That was new news. Eve Plum portrayed Aunt Jenny in the photo, making her the first of five members of the cast to play two different characters over the course of the series. Robert Reed, Florence Henderson, and B. Davis, and Christopher Knight were the others. Hmm. Interesting, Interesting, huh? Like, I remember when Ann B. Davis played, like, her cousin or something like that. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Uh But I don't remember any of the others playing somebody else. We haven't got to yet. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like saying it because you got to say it. Um, also, did Aunt Jenny look familiar to you at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked her up on IMDb, but there was nothing that really popped, I don't think. Well, you're a big you're a bigger fan than I am of National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really don't think it's that funny of a movie. Sorry. Vacation but, or Christmas Vacation? Because you always dog on vacation. Christmas Vacation. Okay. But the um, the the grandmother or aunt or whatever aunt aunt yeah, I don't remember it's been aunt a while Edna, aunt Edna yeah the aunt Edna that they pick up and they bring with her and then she eventually pet spoiler alert for a you know forty year old movie um, she passes <laughs> away and then they just put her whole chair with her in it on top of the roof of the car and drive around with the plastic bag over that's the same lady that played Aunt Jenny it's been so, so long since I've is, seen that movie so I don't even remember that this but. is Aunt Edna nice <clears throat> so you ready to get into this. Let's do it. Okay. We fade in. Scene one. We open to see the Brady's all carrying sheets, boxes, and furniture down the stairs to the family room where we see tons of other things collected. 
Once they get into the family room, we hear Marcia finally ask why they need to take all this old junk out of the attic. Carol answers, it's to make room for all her new junk. Mike mm. decides he's lifted his last item and leaves carrying what looks like a, photo, a phonograph. As soon as Mike leaves, we hear Cindy and Jan start squealing and cracking up. Carol inquires, what's so funny? And Jan holds up a picture saying how funny it is. Carol informs them it's a picture of her great-grandmother. The picture is, of an older, is an older picture of a woman wearing a full-length bathing suit, or as Alice puts it, a full-length bikini. <laughs> Carol then claims that her great-grandmother got arrested for wearing one, hmm. claiming indecent exposure. Sure, <laughs> Carol, whatever. The kids just <laughs> laugh at her senility as they continue looking at the pictures. Sorry, just a little bit of passive aggressiveness towards Carol. Cindy then finds a photo in a frame and seems very confused, claiming she found a picture of Jan. Cindy picks up the photo and agrees, saying it, that she doesn't remember taking it. Carol agrees, telling Jan that she didn't take it. It's a photo of her Aunt Jenny taken when she was about Jan's age. Carol and Alice both look at the photo, agreeing that the resemblance is remarkable. Carol rounds them up to get another load from the attic, but Jan stays behind contemplating, saying maybe she'll contact her Aunt Jenny and send a photo of herself, then ask her to send a picture in hopes of seeing what she'll look like when she's an adult. Hmm. hmm. I thought it was cool that Mike had an old phonograph or a gramophone, whatever you want to call them. I saw that. I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool that Mike carried it all the way down from the attic just to turn around and go all the way back to the den. He's like, that I'm he, done. I got my that cool he thing. fucking passed on the way down the stairs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, did I mean? Uh, my other note is: Did he not realize what he did? He not realize what he had in his hands until he got to the family room. <laughs> he put it down. Like, I'm, I'm assuming he picked up because he's like, dude, my old phone. Because guys are like that. You know what I mean? Like, if you went up in your attic and you found like a box of matchbox cards you play with your kid, you'd probably stop lifting stuff and go on the couch and play with all your matchbox cards. Um, yeah. I thought that was very like, yeah, that was like perfect for his character. That's what a guy would do, but like, Oh, this is so cool. I'm going to take us to another room. You guys keep going. (laughs) And also how the hell does Carol have that much crap in the attic when they've only been married like three years? Well, they might've moved it from another attic into this attic. And you know, (laughs) that's when you move it from the attic into the garbage. (laughs) If it was in the attic and you had to put it in the attic again, chances are you're not going to touch it. Probably needs to go thrown away. <laughs> so that's all. <laughs> story. All right. Scene two. Down in the kitchen, we see Alice putting a bowl of fruit back on the table when Jan comes up asking if she has gotten any mail today. Alice begins complaining to Jan, saying she's been asking for every day for the past 10 days. <laughs> and for the last 10 days, she's always given her the same answer. No. She then tells her that maybe today she'll say yes, then points to the table. Jane gets super excited as she grabs the letter and runs off yelling, It's from her! Man, if I was Jane, <laughs> if I was Jane, I'd be like, You better be happy that was a joke, because that was some sass that came out of Alice. <laughs> so you get paid to do that. You can't get an attitude because the kids keep asking you questions. <laughs> Damn, I thought I was kind of rude, but then she was joking. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I was saying, if I was Jan, I would have given her some sass back. But that's just me. Well, like your job is to like 
make our beds, make our food, clean our house, and give me my motherfucking mail when it comes in. It's like, I'm sorry, mate. Is your job making you in a bad mood? Perhaps you should find another one. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, that was me. See, no, that's three. okay. I will talk to your boss for you. How's that? Exactly. Well, yeah. Maybe we can discuss. Oh, wait. That's right. I am one of your bosses, ain't I? <laughs> Funny how that works. Okay. Um, <laughs> scene three. Up in the girls' room, we see Jan run in, grab her glasses, and begin opening the letter. It reads, Dear Soul Sister. Thanks. That's how I used to start letters when you were in the Navy. <laughs> no, I used to, <laughs> I used to, I used to address it to semen recruit, and I would just always forget to spell semen correctly. <laughs> Anyways, dear soul sister, thanks for the picture, and I bet we're the only twins born forty years apart. Like you wrote, it's real spooky, and closes the latest photo of me. Hope that very soon we can exchange hugs instead of pictures. Hmm. Love, Jenny. Again, that's just like the notes that we used to send each other back and forth. <laughs> Jan then frantically looks in the envelope for the photo and looks at it, but obviously doesn't like what she sees as she goes over to the mirror, stares, <laughs> and says, oh, no. <laughs> that's so fucked up. That is so mean. <laughs> So all I could think of when I when I watched the scene, all I could think of was this poor actress on the other side of the table going, "Okay, what's the character? Okay, <laughs> so why did you so cast me and make this? a little girl cry? <laughs> why did you Sorry. pick me again? Well, you know, you like, I mean, oh, so you're gonna bring in like a special effects guy, like like a makeup guy, right? Well, like they I mean, did at the end of Psycho with the with the thing, yeah, yeah." I mean, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Special effects. We'll see. <laughs> we'll use we'll use lighting and stuff. You know, just bright lights. So funny. Scene four. Down in the den, Mike is working on his phonograph with Bobby. Bobby grabs the needle and rotates it. But as Mike is about to scold him, he looks at Mike and asks, Screwdriver? Mike, taken off guard, doesn't know how to react at first and simply nods and replies, Thank you. After delivering the screwdriver, Bobby picks up the horn from the phonograph and begins using it as a bullhorn, <laughs> pretending to be a cop, saying, All right, we have the building surrounded. <laughs> Drop the gun and come out with your hands up. <laughs> Mike begins to lose his patience <laughs> as he asks Bobby sternly to quit horsing around. Bobby replies, putting the horn up to his ear, saying, Eh, eh. I'm a little deep. <laughs> you like you like Bobby, don't you? Mike whispers into the horn, get me some oil. Bobby then wears the horn like a hat and imitates an Asian person. <laughs> Bowing to Mike using the Asian stereotype accent. Bobby runs out to get some oil as Mike continues to take apart his toy. I was laughing my ass off in the scene. What did, like he Mike said something Luke like, man. we say like, yes, honorable father or something like that. What? Oh, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually had to Google a script of this episode. Yeah. Because the closed captioning wouldn't work, obviously. And, mm -hmm. um, that wasn't in the script. It just said Asian talk or something to that effect. I can't remember. Oh. But for some, that wasn't part. That part wasn't in the script. 
But I was laughing my ass off. Mike Luke and Liam like knocked out of the park with that scene. That was hilarious. <laughs> As Bobby leaves, Jan walks in slowly. Obviously upset about something, according to the music. <laughs> she comes up behind Mike and asks, Dad, can I talk to you about something? Mike says, sure, as he continues to play with his newfound toy. Jim begins explaining that she is having a little trouble in biology. Mike tells her he's no Luther Bank, Burbank. What? He was apparently a um, biologist. Okay. Mike tells her he's no Luther Burbank, but tells her to shoot. Jim begins asking what makes people grow up to look the way they do. Mike off the cuff says chromosomes and genes. Jan inquires deeper, asking how they work. Mike attempts to explain, telling the, telling Jan that the genes in your chromosomes are what carry your heredity from generation to generation. You know, we learn so much from Mike. We really do. Your traits. Um, he finishes saying that's how a bean grows up to look like a bean and not a cucumber or something. Jan, looking for clarity, asks... So when you're born, your genes have already decided what you're going to look like when you grow up? Mike affirms with a pretty much. Jan then asks, if two people looked alike when they're children, would they look alike when they're grown up? Mike tells her it's not for sure, but there's a chance. Jan looks disappointed as she says it clears things up a lot. And Bobby is racist. (laughs) He really is. Why is Mike dismantling this this record player? I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with it. He's trying to fix it. Wait, we haven't even seen him try to use it yet. Like, it's like maybe he's he already like a knew it was child broken. That's taking apart an RC car to see how it works. Maybe. Um, but Bobby was hilarious before that race just started. He was. Yeah. <laughs> he was funny. <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> scene five. <clears throat> we are now in the kids' bathroom. We see Jan staring into the mirror, pulling at and inspecting her face. She stops and says, I can see the wrinkles forming already. (laughs) Just then Greg knocks on the door, asking if she's still in there. Jan says that she'll be out in a minute, but Greg points out that she's been saying a minute for the last half hour and that they have to wash up. She yells okay as Peter and Greg come walking into the bathroom. Peter tells her that she's going to break the mirror staring at herself so much. (laughs) But (laughs) Jan takes offense as she raises her voice, telling them that it isn't funny and asks them if they think she's so ugly that her face will crack a mirror. (laughs) Greg immediately immediately seeing what's going on, tries to deescalate the situation saying, Hey, take it easy. He was just kidding. Jan wants no part of it as she informs them that it's the cruelest cruelty to tease someone about their ugliness. <laughs> about their ugliness. Uh, apparently, the way that they look. Does, apparently that doesn't include crying because old women are ugly, but whatever. Hmm. <clears throat> A person can't help how she looks. As Jan begins pulling on her face, Greg whispers to Peter, she's weird. Jan overhears this and takes offense once again, asking, oh, now I'm weird looking? Peter, Hmm. trying to defend Greg, says he didn't say that. When Greg tries to explain himself, he makes matters worse, saying, I didn't mean weird, weird. I meant strange. Which starts Jan up once again (laughs) as she asks, strange? I can't do anything about my face, so why tease me about it? And she leaves. In a huff. Mm -hmm. 
Marsha has overheard all this from the door and comes in asking, what the hell is this? All? <laughs> what the um, hell is this? <laughs> comes in asking what this was all about. Greg explains that Jan has this thing about her face all of a sudden. Marsha asks, what's the matter with it? Peter shrugs and says, I don't know. The same face she's always had. Oh, burn. If you, if you watch the scene, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know why I pick up on things like this, but if you watch the scene, if you watch Marsha at the end of the scene after Jan leaves, Marsha 100% totally looks at Peter's butt. <laughs> we already caught her checking out Greg's ass. Well, no. she just checked out Peter's ass too. <laughs> Hmm, she's so, weighing her options still. I mean, I don't know if they were, I don't think they had cordless mic packs back then, did they? I don't know. They were probably boomed, probably. So um, maybe he had a mic pack, then that's what she was looking at. But either way, she was looking in that general direction. So, <laughs> so I thought it was kind of weird, like, because um, they were like, hey, we need to come in. And Jen just says, okay. And they take that as if, like, okay to come in. <laughs> she didn't say you can come in. She just said, okay. And then they come walking in. I thought it was strange that they didn't just barge in. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like on a typical episode, it seems like if like, let's reverse the roles. And if it was Bobby in there, let's say, and Peter and Greg wanted to get in the bathroom, they wouldn't wait a half an hour when the door's unlocked after like two minutes, they'd open up the door and shove him out of the bathroom and do whatever they <laughs> need to do. So I don't know why understand why they didn't just open the bathroom and be like, oh my, what are you doing here? Just get out of here. Go, go. You're going to mirror in your room. You can pull your face up. So, <laughs> Maybe it's because it's a girl and, you know. Ah. That was very respectful. Scene six. We see Jan upset laying across her bed. Marsha comes in and in a soft tone says, Jan, do you want to talk? <laughs> Jan just shakes her head no. Marsha tries to encourage her saying, come on, that's what older sisters are for. Jan sniffles as she pulls a photo out of her pocket to show Marsha. She tells her, this is Jenny now, me 40 years from now. Marcia simply smiles and asks, what are you talking about? Jan urges her, saying, don't you understand? If I look like this now, I'll look like that then. If I look like this now, I'll look like that then. Oh, okay, makes sense. Okay. Marcia asks, who says so? Jan answers, heredity. Uh, she goes on to explain that she read all about genes and she talked about it with dad too. Marcia tells her that she thinks she's getting all upset for nothing. But Jan's bullshit detector goes off as she answers, don't try to make me feel better because it's not going to work. Ooh, dang. Marcia changes her angle asking, why worry about something now that won't happen for another 40 years? Jan thinks for a moment and replies, I didn't think about it that way. Jen goes on to say, instead of crying about it now, I'll be happy while I still can. And maybe, just maybe, I won't grow up to look just like her. But then breaks down crying, saying she will like her, and begins to sob. <laughs> but then she's crying, going, I'm going to look like the Crypt Keeper. Jen is such a dick. Like She's crying because she's going to look like her aunt. Like... <laughs> She's cr she's crying because she's afraid she's going to look like this woman. I, I think, in my opinion, this scene was very telling for Marsha. Because, A, yeah. like, if it was Cindy or Jan, if Marsha was crying, and either yeah. Cindy or Jan came walking in, we would all assume that they were in there to gossip. Like, ooh, 
Marsha's crying. I want to hear what she's crying about so that I can go <laughs> tell my friends at school and, you know, whisper about it behind her back. <laughs> but in this scene, I never got the feeling from Marsha other than that she was genuinely worried about her sister and she wanted to know what was wrong. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, it tells you how vain Marsha is. Because at no time did she say, well, wait a minute, you've never even met Aunt Jenny. Aunt Jenny might be a really nice, funny person. This might have been a bad picture, whatever. Immediately, she's like, well, you're not going to be that fugly for 40 years. So, I mean, she never even once tried to dismiss it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't even, you've never even met her. She ain't that ugly. And said she's like, yeah, she's pretty fucking ugly. Uh, but yeah, you got 40 years, so you got to worry about that. Well, Marsha's not that smart because she's got prettiness on her side. So she's <laughs> like, well, what makes you say that? And then Jan starts hitting her with science, science words yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And she's like, oh, well, I mean, it's not going to be 40 years anyway. So, you know. <laughs> That's true. What's uh, to me, what the funny irony about it is if you look at their pictures after the show, my opinion, um, Eve Plum was a way more legit model than Maureen McCormick was. Like, if you look <laughs> at the kind of pictures Maureen McCormick did and you look at the kind of pictures that Eve Plum did, Eve Plum's pictures were classier. They were by a better photographer. Everything about it was better. Hmm. But that's just yeah. my opinion. <clears throat> Scene seven. Down in the kitchen. We open to hear Alice ask, missionary, why? <laughs> that struck me as so funny. Like, <laughs> what the hell was the question? <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Me and Tack are 12-year-olds <laughs> trapped in 40-something-year-old bodies. <laughs> I paused uh, and I was like, what the hell was she just asked? <laughs> right. What's oh, the best way God. to get Sam's meat? She's like, <laughs> missionary, why? <laughs> Well, no, I meant like we need to get like cheaper a discount. I mean, oh, sorry. I noticed you don't limp anymore, Alice. Why? Missionary. Why? <laughs> My back hurts. Why? Missionary. Why? <clears throat> All right. Anyway. Yes. Jane replies telling Alice, well, this certain woman has nothing to look forward to in life. And she wants to to dedicate herself to the causes. Bobby then chimes in saying, I saw a movie once about a missionary. This girl <laughs> comes in and sits on a brown couch and starts being asked a bunch of questions about what she's done with her boyfriend. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, I apologize if you don't get that joke, but I'm not going to explain it. Um, <clears throat> now you're not going to get, you're not going to get paid today. <laughs> <laughs> This girl is bitten by a titi fly and she gets this terrible disease. And while she was laying in her tent, the natives start beating on their drums. Then the next thing you know, she was kidnapped by these cannibals. And then they put her in this big pot. Jane calls Bobby out telling him that she's making that he's making it up. But Bobby tells her it's absolutely true. He saw it on the late show. Jan goes back to speculating what her friend can do, like join the Peace Corps or the Navy. That's for ugly people, right, Tack? <laughs> <laughs> I actually put on here the, the synopsis says, or the Navy with all the other ugly people. I was going to say that to see what you'd say. It's true. <clears throat> or work for a photographer. Wait, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> work for a photographer in a dark room. <sighs> I put yeah. on there. I swear when the kids put on their play clothes, <laughs> there's yeah. no difference between gender. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like it seems like the girls play clothes are identical to the boys play clothes, like right down to cut and like the kind of jeans, everything about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's funny. Cause I always notice like, cause it was a Marsha. I've commented this before and you know, I'm like, it looks like she's like some skater dude. <laughs> you know? yeah, she does. And she's she, yeah. dressed. And man, that, that <clears throat> brand hang 10, man, I noticed a lot of people in, in the show wear it. Hmm. So it had to have been a major sponsor because at one point Mike is wearing one and like Cindy wears them all the time. And I noticed Marsha wearing a couple times. So they must have been a major sponsor. Hmm. All right. Scene eight. Down the den, we see Mike standing in front of his gramophone as Carol runs in shouting that she has a great she has great news. Ooh. Mike tells her that he does, too. And if he fixed the phot- phonograph properly, she's about to hear Alice Jolston sing again. Sorry, it's, it's, it's Al Jolston. My spell correct oh. was going crazy on this episode. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Carol simply replies, terrific, and begins telling Mike that her Aunt Jenny is going to come visit tomorrow. Ooh. When Mike asks if they have to pick her up from the airport, Carol tells him that the telegram only says that she arrives tomorrow. Just then, Mike plays the record, but it dies. Just then, Jan comes walking into the den, asking Carol if she wanted to speak with her. Carol excitedly tells her that her Aunt Jenny is coming to visit tomorrow. Jan looks taken aback, saying, Aunt Jenny? Like the ugly one? (laughs) Carol tells her (laughs) with with some amount of excitement, Yes! You're finally going to be able to meet your... Meet her face to face. Isn't that wonderful news? Jen gives her a dirty look and simply asks, what's so wonderful about it? And walks away. Carol turns and gives Mike the, Mike, do something look. Jen's a spoiled little cunt. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That was rude. She's a bitch. How's that? Is that better? (laughs) I put on there, and it's uh, not too many people can get this reference, but... I put in there, Jane is acting like Dusty did with Catherine. <laughs> uh, hi, Jenny. Sorry, I was a kid we went to high school with, and uh, he. There, I'm not going to get into the story. But anyways, yeah, just, no. it was I'll let, just laugh because it was really funny. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, just scene, laugh. Get <laughs> scene nine. Up in the girls' room, Jan has Mike and Carol seated on the bed, and we hear her pleading her case, saying, Let's face it. There's no hope for me. The pictures prove it. Carol begins first saying, now, Jan, maybe you don't think Aunt Aunt Jenny is attractive, but that's just your opinion. Mike adds on saying that it's just a bad picture. Jan doesn't even hear Mike as she says, that's what I'm going to look like. Dad told me himself about all about jeans. Mike now realizing the whole story says, oh, well, that's what that was all about. Jan mm. continues to remind Mike what he said, saying, and you already told me mm. that when you're born, your genes have already decided what you're going to look like when you grow up. Mm. Mike begins to backpedal, saying a person looks are decided by a lot of things, not just genes, things like diet, environment, emotions. Carol chimes in telling Jan, that there's no guarantee that she'll grow up at all. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. That, that wasn't sad. That was mean. Um, <laughs> Carol chimes in, telling Jan that there's no guarantee that she'll grow up to look like Jenny or anybody else. Jan, unfazed, asks, 
Can you give me a positive guarantee that I won't grow up to look like Aunt Jenny? <laughs> Mike and Carol just look at each other. Jeez, oh Pete. I so need Jan, it in writing that Jan I won't does look have like a this. point. Mike pretty much told her it's decided. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, on in all fairness though, Mike just said that whatever she's gonna look like is already decided. Yeah. So I mean I've I've known twins and you've known twins too. And mm-hmm. as adults, they look pretty different. You can tell they're related, but they look pretty different. Where in high school and middle school, you had trouble kind of telling them apart. So, right, right. That's true. But I mean, they're not twins, so. No, but I mean. <clears throat> but I mean, Mike also had a twins. point talking about, you know, diet and, you know, right. how you grow up. And, you know, I mean, like this picture of this woman had like this curly red hair. If right. she doesn't want the curly red hair, then she doesn't have to have the curly red hair. You know, it's like. Yeah. Well, like if. <laughs> If you look at pictures of Jake and Luke, my two sons, when Jake was four years old, Luke can't even tell the difference. Luke thinks it's him. They look identical, but even now they look totally different from each other. So, yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> so this is where we take our next break. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, you may. <laughs> so Jan found out that she looks like her aunt Jenny did, but is horrified by what Aunt Jenny looks like now. Mm. Will Jen ever realize that real beauty is found on the inside? (laughs) Mm. We will be back. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? contemplate the other side of reality do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense well look no further than strange uncles find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945 open the gates back right man that was a good break that was a really good break i just wish you hadn't knocked your webcam over when you're doing those cartwheels <laughs> but it's impressive that you're that flexible i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so i got a little fun story for you oh you may have heard this but our listeners have not okay so, pretend like it's the first time hearing it and you're just like wow you know okay so <laughs> Um, I don't know how many years ago it was, probably at least 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> no, there's, there's more. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so back when my grandparents were still alive on my dad's side, He's she the one with had the truck? sent He's out the one with the green truck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She had sent out a VHS tape <laughs> of, um, old pictures and stuff of the family. Like she okay. put together like a little collage or like a PowerPoint mm-hmm. kind of a thing with music. And so, um, and these are like old pictures, like, like from the 1800s and shit like that, <laughs> right. like of our family, which is kind of the, the family <clears throat> tree. So Wait, they had, they had PowerPoint presentations in 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's impressive. They were really ahead of their time. Told you it was an impressive story. You'd be like, yeah, wow. Seriously. 
<clears throat> but uh, anyway, so I'm watching this video. And I, I like old pictures like that, especially knowing mm-hmm. these people and these creepy photos are like related to me. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, so I'm just kind of watching picture, and then my grandmother will write, "This is your great 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 uncle, whatever." You know, and uh, wait, you had an uncle named whatever? <laughs> they must have been Amish or something, right? It was a nickname. He worked like oh, in okay, the, All right, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really hard name to pronounce. People were like. Whatever, and they're like, yeah, just call them that. There you go. No, but so I'm watching this thing, (laughs) I'm just watching pictures, and and I was like, holy shit, I had to pause it. I was like, oh, jeez, what the fuck? And I was like, and it was just of this guy that I was related to, and I swear to God, (laughs) it was like looking in a fucking mirror, (laughs) like it was me on the screen, and I was like, holy shit. And I remember I took a picture of it. And I sent it to you, and huh? you said, "Where did you get this done?" I said, "That's not me." <laughs> I thought it was one of those fair ones where you where you dress up yeah, as yeah, a prostitute yeah. and get your picture taken. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and I was like, "That's not me." And you're like, "What?" And uh, it was like a family member that lived like in the 1800s or whatever. And it's fucking crazy. And it made me think of like Back to the Future. Like if I went yeah, back yeah. in time, like <laughs> I will see a guy that looks just like me. Like that's <laughs> so weird. And so I could relate to this episode, and I was like. Oh, they just had Jan take a picture and they, they like, no, but this shit really happens. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Blue, I wish I could still find that picture somewhere, but I don't know. I know I took a digital picture. If of you, it. if you find it, you have to post on Facebook, Facebook, yeah. the Facebook group. <clears throat> I have to just find where I put it. I don't know. It was like an old Android phone I had like a long time ago. You know? mm. So I, I know I did something with those pictures, but I don't know where, probably on a hard drive somewhere. But. With me, I've been told that I look like my dad. But like I have a niece named um um <laughs> I can't remember her name. Holy shit. Julie. Sorry. I have a niece named Julie <laughs> that yeah. if you see pictures of us when we were kids, we could have been but maybe not twins, but you could we would look like brother and sister. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean I look just like my dad too. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I look just like my dad, but just everybody tells me that like you look just like him. The first time I met my wife's dad, my father in law, I was like, Oh my god. Like, I married my wife's dad. Holy shit! <laughs> and that's what she's gonna look like when he gets that, when she gets that seriously. Age. Yeah. <laughs> Did you cry and be like, I don't want you looking like you, a sixty-year-old man? You met him at my wedding. I don't. Remember. I remember some guy. But I don't. He's the one that walked her down the aisle. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember now. Was that fifteen years ago? I remember exactly. That. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, in 2022, it'll be 20 years. Oh, wow. wow. All right, anyways, let's get anyway. back into this. That was an interesting story. Yeah. It'll be more interesting when we see the picture because the picture didn't happen. <laughs> I'm teasing. No. <clears throat> All right. When we left off, mm-hmm. Jan was upset because she looks like Aunt Fugly and wonders <laughs> if she's actually going to grow up to look like it now. I think it's pronounced <laughs> Jenny, I think. Oh yeah, maybe that's a, that was a French pronunciation. Was that, a, was that another autocorrect issue? It was, yeah. <laughs> but um, she's wondering if she's actually going to grow up to look like her. Will she? Let's find out. Well, I guess we're not going to find out, but <laughs> she's like that age now. Or, no, and is her personality as ugly as her picture? Exactly. There you go. That's better because we're not going to find out if she looks like that when she's forty-six. This was seventy-two. Anyways, scene ten. 
Outside in the driveway, we see a police motorcycle cop come up the driveway along with a black car. The door opens and a chauffeur lets Jenny out the back seat. Mm. In the house, Alice walks into the den where Mike and Carol are and announces that she thinks they're getting raided. <laughs> we being raided? Carol walks out of the sliding door with the dumbest look on her face as Mike and Alice follow. <laughs> Jenny tells the cop before he leaves, Thanks for the escort. You know where to send my invite to the policeman's ball. And then Alice is like, I didn't know policemen had balls. <laughs> Jenny and Carol run at each other and hug. Jenny pushes Carol away, telling her that she hasn't changed at all from the pretty little girl she remembers. She's just prettier and in more places. Oh, we'll talk about shit. that in a second. Carol and Jenny hug once again. Carol introduces Jenny to Alice, but is visibly prouder to introduce her to Mike, which makes Alice just kind of walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the maid. So, Did you notice that, though? No, I didn't. Like, Alice that. just totally walks away. Like, in pretty much mid-sentence, she just walks away. Like, she's like, fuck this. <laughs> Mike is polite as he tells her, how do you do? And extends his hand. Jenny, obviously offended at this, asks, what, what kind of how do you do is that? And she throws her arms around Mike and hugs him. Jenny tells Mike and Carol that Jan wrote saying she has five brothers and sisters and asks how long they have been married anyway. Mike answers three years. Jenny laughs, calling them crazy, headstrong kids. <laughs> so <sighs> I thought it was kind of funny, Alice, because when they just dismiss Alice and Alice is like, okay, well, screw you guys. She's <laughs> in the background. She's snooping around the car, like looking inside of it <laughs> in the background. If you go back and watch it, like she's like looking in the driver's seat, like looking at the steering wheel and stuff and just, like snooping around. Like those fucking orphans, like in 1920 movies, <laughs> yeah. when a rich car comes around. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. So, like, when when Aunt Jenny and Carol hug, she she looks. She goes, "Wow, you've what does she say? Like you've been, um, something like she, you've gotten real pretty in all the right places." Oh or yeah, all right. and she checks out her tits, and she, she goes, totally does, she and totally, in all the right places. I put it on Instagram. That's that's what that picture because you can see her looking right down, like, "Whoa, look at them!" T-, you know, yeah, and that reminded me of that scene from Sixteen Candles, you know, where the grandmother <laughs> was like, and she, Fred, she's gotten her boobies, and then like, like and they're so perky, <laughs> and then she grabs them. <laughs> oh my god, so funny. That's funny. Scene eleven. In the living room, we are just in time to see Carol f- Carol finishing up the kids' introductions as she introduces Bobby. Bobby walks over and gives Jenny a hug. Jenny tells them that they are all so beautiful and continues saying it just leaves her lookalike. When she asks where Jan is, Carol tells her that she's probably in her room and that she'll go see if she can find her. Jenny tells them to gather around because she has some presents for him, Tack. But tells them that she's going to be in Istanbul for Christmas, so better early than never. Hmm. She opens up a big bag, glances in it, and glances at Bobby and back into the bag. She points at him, saying, I figure you must be a basketball fan. Bobby gets excited, saying, I sure am. She then pulls out a basketball, dribbles it, and then passes it to Bobby. Bobby catches it and is in awe, saying it is autographed by Wilt Chamberlain, which I was really impressed because I've heard of him. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's like way famous. <laughs> when Bobby asks if she knew, knows him, Jenny tells him <laughs> that she's no Wilt Chamberlain in the biblical sense. No. Um, mm-hmm. Since he was no higher than that. And she puts her hands down like you know on the ground. Yeah. She then goes back to her bag and asks Peter if Peter digs magic. Peter excitedly says yes. She then gives him a pair of handcuffs, telling him that they belonged to Houdini. Mm-hmm. She tells Peter that her and Houdini played some vaudeville circuits as they both put a pair of handcuffs on. Mm-hmm. She gra- yeah, right. She grabs Peter's hand, and with a one, two, Kalamazoo, the handcuffs have switched from hers to Peter's. She then goes back into her bag, sits down, and begins to glance at Marsha. She pulls out a horn-looking thing and hands it to Marsha with a, this is for you, love. When Marsha asks... all the boys would be horny. <laughs> <laughs> when Marsha asks what it is, Jenny explains that it's, that it's a shofar. No, it was given to Jenny by Golda Meir. Does any of that make sense to you, Tech? No. Okay, well, I did a little bit of research. Oh, okay. The shofar which is the horn itself, is used mainly on Rosh Hashanah. Okay. It is customary to blow the shofar 100 to one or 101 times on each day of Rosh Hashanah. However, halakta only requires that it is blown 30 times. Don't No idea what that means. Okay. The various types of blasts are known as tekaya, shavarim, and teruah. So there you okay. go. Yes. Oh. Thank you for that. You're Jimmy. welcome. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's more. Oh, Marsha notices something inscribed in it and asks what it is. Jenny explains that it says Shona Tava and means Happy New Year. She then explains that the mayor gave it to her. And before mm. Greg or Cindy can get their gifts, Carol comes down with Jan. Jenny stands up, looks at Jan and explains, well, if this doesn't blow, blow a person's mind, as she runs over and hugs Jan with a hello, soul sister. Hmm. After, she, after she pulls away, she looks at Jan and says, who says time marches on? It just rolled back 40 years for me. She then remembers that she has something for Jan and reaches in her bag. She comes back with a portrait of sorts and hands it to Jan, telling her it's a little something from Pietro that Pietro knocked out for her one day while she was having lunch at his pad on the Riviera. You have any idea who Pietro was, Tech? Nope. Well, you're going to find out. Cool. Pietro Anagoni was an Italian artist, portrait, and fresco painter, best known for his portraits of Queen Elizabeth II and and medalist. His work like was in the medalist? Renaissance. Like you like metal? I guess, yeah. Right. He was ahead of his time, yeah. His work was in the Renaissance tradition contrasting with the modernist style that prevailed at the time. Hmm. You're welcome. I learned so much from you. (laughs) Jane glances at it and asks what it is. Jenny replies, it's me. And I'm afraid it looks like me. Carol, trying to be a party pooper, tells her that it's a very valuable gift for a young girl. But Jenny wants no part of Carol's negativity, telling her that she has dozens of them cluttering up her walls at home. Jan appears as if she's trying to keep herself composed as she simply says, thank you, Aunt Jenny. 
But Jenny knows something's up with her quote unquote soul sister as she stares at Jan for a moment before responding with, you're welcome. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure Aunt Jenny fucked Wilt Chamberlain and Harry Houdini and Pietro. I got to say this actress, I I don't think they could have picked a better actress, actress to play Aunt Jenny. No, she's awesome. As quirky as they were trying to make Aunt Jenny come across. And just the way she said, you're welcome. It was just like, it was such a weird way to say you're welcome. Like, no, I don't was know. Good. I, she I was, was very really good. impressed by this lady. <clears throat> she was awesome. Very well casted. Like, that's my first note is she is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Bobby, and Marsh. Peter, Bobby, Marsha, and Jan all get these cool ass gifts. While Greg and City don't get shit. <laughs> 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 Ran out of time. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But you know who like Will Chamberlain is, right? Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain? Yeah. So he's very tall, but he's a basketball player. But he also was more famous for fucking women. He, yeah, fucking women. Yeah. Like he came out of that book that, you know, he fucked. Claims like, he I fucked hundred women? I think it was a lot more than that, but um and I'm pretty sure Aunt Jenny was one of them. Oh, I'm pretty sure she was. No, he made hundred points in a game. <laughs> no, he scored a hundred times. I don't know. I, get, I think I he scored more than that. So I think he scored yeah. like a thousand times what he claimed. Something like that. Yeah. He scored a thousand times off the court and a hundred times in the court. Put it that way. Hi. No. All right. Scene 12 in the den. We see Jenny sitting at Mike's desk with Mike while Carol closes the door and comes walking to her to talk. It seems sexual. And I think mm-hmm. Jenny would be down for that. Carol's like, like, we have a proposition for you. No. <laughs> she locks the door and lights a candle. <laughs> Carol begins telling Jenny that her and Mike want to explain about Jan. Carol begins lying her ass off <laughs> to, this, to her aunt that's known her since she was born, telling her that Jan is more shy than the rest of the kids, and then looks for Mike for support in her lie. Jenny just stares the entire time. Jenny simply yells, balderdash. I got some sad, sad vibrations in there. <laughs> that child doesn't like me, and I'd like to know why. Ooh, dang. Carol and Mike try and stall, but Jenny calls them out, telling them to quit beating around the bush. <laughs> because she's an old bushwhacker herself. Damn right she is. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Carol begins to explain, telling Jenny, it all started when Jan received your photograph in the mail. Jenny looks horrified. This scene kind of got to me a little bit. I mean, nothing, I mean, it's not personal or anything like that, but I, I kind of felt like, you know, and Jenny spent a shit ton of money and it, it doesn't really matter if you have a lot of money, if you don't have a lot of money, a lot of money is a lot of money, right? Yep. So she spent a lot of money on the, on her, on Carol and Mike's kids. She spent a lot of money just coming there to visit just simply to make, you know, acquaintances with Jan that she wants to get to know her knees. The least they can do is level with her and just be honest with her. Yeah. Be like, listen, Jan's kind of disappointed. She thought you look like a model. You don't. We need to talk to her about it. Like, <laughs> can you explain to her why you're so ugly? <laughs> and then you can just picture her leveling with her. Look, Jan, I did a lot of drugs and did a lot of dudes. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I fell out of the ugly tree and banged every dude on the way down. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. <laughs> huh. Scene 13. Back up in the girls' room, we see Jenny talking. She's explaining to Jan the groovy thing about a sari is you don't have to wear a girdle with it. Hmm. 
Then she tries to joke with another name drop saying, Indira Gandhi wears them all the time. Hmm. But Jan simply smiles and puts it in her closet. Jenny tries again, handing Jan a vest with beads, telling her that it's from the Outback in Australia. She tries another joke, telling her it's great to wear it when chasing kangaroos. But Jan once again just smiles and takes it. <laughs> she then stops for a moment and tells Jan they need to rap for a while. <laughs> Jan cuffs her hands around her mouth and begins to repeat boots and pants and boots and pants. No, <laughs> Sorry. I, I wrote this synopsis a while ago. So I'm just <laughs> cracking myself up. Um, but it's cut off by, and she didn't really do that. And it's cut <laughs> off by, by Jenny saying, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, just talk. She then begins to tell Jan that she knows what's bugging her. Jan looks nervous and simply says, oh, hmm. Jenny quickly tells her. That she can't say she blames her. Jan looks mortified, asking if her parents said something. Jenny is honest, saying, yes, but I had to drag it out of them. Jan sits on the bed with a, how embarrassing. But Jenny is understanding, sitting next to her, saying, don't be love. I agree with you. I'd rather look like Raquel Welch myself. Hmm. She follow, follows all this up, saying she could have been beautiful if she wanted to. Jan puzzled asks, you could? <laughs> Sorry, that just cracked me up. Jenny explains that plastic surgeries do wonders with noses and chins. They can even put in curves where there's nothing but straight highways. But Jan asks why she'd never done it. Jan reply, Jenny replies, because she never had time. Plus, how often do you see a puss like this? And then she opens up. No, I'm not, I'm not making that joke. I'm not making that joke. Sorry. <laughs> that one almost came out. So, uh, <laughs> as she hides behind the dress she's holding and then pops out, making Jan laugh. Jan is such a dick. What's that? Jan is such a dick. Well, I think it's funny because Jan, Jenny is straight up like, yeah, I don't want to be this ugly either. <laughs> I could have been prettier. Seriously? You and I love have? all the name dropping. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Scene 14. Down in the kitchen, we see the kitchen table full of vegetables, with Jenny, of course, standing over them, making funny sounds. Mm. What? What was she doing? Um, I, I can't remember, but, it, but at the time, that's what, <laughs> that's that's what, what was, was, that's that what was going on. Huh? <laughs> right. She walks behind the counter, revealing oh, yeah, that she was. Yeah, they, well, this is the scene in the kitchen where they had all the the vegetables laying on the the the, the kitchen table, and they were getting ready yeah. for the Japanese dinner. And they open to show Jenny's face, and then it pans out a little bit to see all the vegetables. She's over it, going like, Bleh! or she makes some kind of oh. stupid sound at the vegetables. It just struck <laughs> me funny. She walks behind the counter, revealing that Carol and Alice are in the kitchen too. She kisses Carol on the cheek as she walks by and puts her arm on Alice as she crosses to the stove. Carol then asks where the word sukiyaki comes from. Jenny begins explaining that Japanese farmers used to roast meat over a fire at the end of a rake. So suki means to roast, and yaki means to rake. Alice then chimes in telling everyone that sukiyaki looks better on a menu than roasted rake. (laughs) (laughs) She then holds up a piece of meat, asking how she's doing. Jenny tells her that she wants to be able to read a newspaper through it. 
During this, Jan has been watching and listening from the dining room. Just then, the phone rings. Alice walks over to answer it. Without the customary Brady residence, she simply answers, Hello? And then says, Yes, she is. As she tells Aunt Jenny that it's her secretary, she asks Alice to take a message, which Alice does. But it seems to confuse Alice as she asks the secretary to spell it out. When she gets off the phone, she walks over and tells Jenny that she hates to break the news, but she now owns a llama. This seems to make Jenny happy as she simply replies, well, that's nice. Jan, outside of the kitchen, looks surprised. Alice continues, explaining to Jenny that she was given the llama in appreciation for the work she did on the Humane Society fundraiser. Jenny doesn't seem to be listening as she peeks in the oven and says, the dessert looks great. Carol tries to play mom with Jenny, asking her what she's going to do with a llama. But Jenny puts that shit to rest when she tells Carol that it can graze in the backyard with the zebra. Jan is standing outside of the kitchen this entire time in awe. Mm. Yeah, Carol got fucking put down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do with the llama? She's like, ain't none of your fucking business. She'll be outside with the zebra. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she told me. Damn. Yeah, um, I think Jenny totally fucked that chef, too. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. Are you talking about Alice? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, what's up with Alice slacking on the phone? <laughs> what, not saying Brady residence? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I don't know Carol, why that struck me. I'm like, I remember because there was a scene after that where where Carol was like, Did we change our greeting in the mic? Did we change the uh, greeting right? when we answer the phone around here? <laughs> no, it's always been Brady residence last I heard. Huh. Hmm. Funny. I probably didn't know who he called. Hmm. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> and I also put, damn Carol, what the fuck is it to you while she has a llama? Like, <laughs> Carol's never been to her house. I'm talking about why does you have a llama? Fuck out of with that shit. What is up with Carol making stupid faces in this episode? <laughs> like know, when, when Jenny comes in the driveway, she comes walking out with her mouth wide open. She's like, like with this dumb look <laughs> on her face. It's like, what is it with Carol this episode? It's a mouth breather. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that's another, that's, a, that's another funny joke. And me and Tack were talking before this episode. Um, me and Tack have a very particular sense of humor. Um, our we have saying a particular is, set of skills. Yeah, our, our, uh, both of us believe that the best time for a joke is the worst time for a joke. Yeah, right? and it's funny because I, I guess I never understood what the term mouth breather meant. Like I, I never really thought about it. And uh, when my mom was in the hospital, um, oh God, where are we going with this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when my mom was in the hospital, the doctor came in and I heard him talking to the nurses. And it was something about um, how they had to make sure my mom had pillows a certain way behind her head because she's a mouth breather. (laughs) And I remember thinking, the doctor just diagnosed my mom as a mouth breather. Like, (laughs) so fucked up. (laughs) What the fuck did you say about my mama? (laughs) But it has to do, I guess, with when you sleep. You have your mouth open or closed. That's what, from a doctor's standpoint, that's what he was referring to. So it's just funny you said mouth breather. I was like, my mom was a mouth breather. Like, she was diagnosed as a mouth breather, like, by the doctor. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway. Scene 15. 
<laughs> Out in the living room, we see everyone crowded around what looks like a small grill in the house, you know. Yeah. And we see, <laughs> and we see Aunt Jenny pouring tea. Everyone is sitting cross-legged on the floor with plates in front of them. Suddenly, it's interrupted by Jenny slurping her tea. She announces, I will now, pa- I will now pass the chagnuat <laughs> or honorable tea. Everyone takes a sip. Obviously pre-COVID. <laughs> she passes it to Mike first, who takes a quiet sip. But after being scolded, switches to a slurp. Mm-hmm. As he passes the tea to Carol, the phone rings. Mike picks up the phone, and it's Jenny's secretary again. But once again, Jenny can't be interrupted and asks her asks for Mike to take a message. As Mike is taking the message, the tea has been passed and slurped around the table. Mike gets off the phone and informs Jenny that she has been invited to a birthday party at Ari's yacht. Jenny also seems offended, telling Mike that she's not canceling her Peace Corps assignment for some birthday party, but quips that Jackie is a real trip. Hmm. Jenny then sits back with the Brady's attempt while the Brady's attempt to eat with chopsticks. Finally, showing them how to scoop rice into your mouth by raising the plate to your mouth, claiming that she hasn't dropped a grain in rice of rice in 20 years. Hmm. Peter speaking up says, wait a second. Peter speaks up. Yeah, that's not what Peter does. No, he pipes up. That's there true. There it is. Peter pipes up there saying, you must travel around the world a lot, Aunt Jenny. Aunt Jenny tells Peter that traveling is the spice of life. She then launches into another story about a time she traveled to Bangkok. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, listen up. We are so juvenile, I swear to God. (laughs) Okay, the reason why I'm laughing there is not at the word Bangkok, because, you know, I'm an adult and I get it. But it's the way Jimmy spelled (laughs) Bangkok in her script. He literally wrote it as two words. Bangkok. I do that on purpose to see if you'd notice. Oh, God. (laughs) Continue. And the king himself was playing the saxophone. Jenny goes on to say that she was pretty good on the trumpet herself before her lip went. (laughs) I don't know what she meant by that. Because they don't give any sign of her, you know, having a lip problem. Anyways. So she sat in on a jazz session with him. And before she knew it. She was back in the palace teaching the king how to blow charge on the trumpet. She Bobby, totally fucked all those guys. <laughs> Sorry, oh, she totally did. Yeah, the skin trumpet. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Bobby then does his rendition of charge, then proceeds to make monkey sounds. <laughs> Just then the phone rings again. This time Carol answers. And who would have guessed it? It's her secretary. Hmm. Carol, seeing a pattern, asks if she would like to take a message. Carol sounds excited about this message while the kids attempt to eat with chopsticks. Carol gets off the phone excited for some reason, saying that a dozen roses were just delivered to Jenny's house along with a marriage proposal. Mm. Jenny doesn't seem impressed as she brushes it off, saying, that's that Lester again. When Marsha asks who Lester is, Jenny tells her it's a United States senator. All the kids are clearly impressed and asks if she's going to marry them. Jenny shrugs it off, saying she's got a lot of proposals. When Jan asks why she doesn't accept one of them, 
she is told because she's too young to settle down yet. She then asks if anyone anyone is going to eat any of her bean carrot cake. The phone rings the third time. This time, Jenny herself gets up to answer it with a rude hello. Hmm. Obviously, it's for her. Jenny replies, yes, it is. It turns out that Aunt Jenny forgot about an emergency at the American Embassy in France and has to leave. Hmm. Jan seems particularly upset at this as she runs over asking, Jenny, do you really have to go? I wish you could stay. Jenny is obviously touched by this as she pauses for a moment, staring at Jan and says, now that's nice to hear. She assures Dan that she really has to go, but that she'll be back. It gives her a big hug. As the kids follow Jenny up the stairs, leaving Carol, Mike, and Jan, Jan begins telling them that she thinks that Aunt Jenny is the most wonderful woman that she has ever met and wants to grow up to be just like her. Not look like her, though. (laughs) No, not looks like her. Mike reiterates, telling Jan that genes are funny things, and there's a good chance she might not. Plus, I'm pretty sure a lot of other people have gotten in Aunt Jenny's jeans. Oh, oh, Jan puts her finger up, interrupting, saying, but there's a good chance I might. So, like, how full was that cup? Because that was passed around for a long right? time. And what's up with they slurping? That shit's annoying. <laughs> and Aunt Jen totally, Aunt Jenny totally fucked the jam band, the senator. <laughs> yeah. And also, Probably one of the same thing- time. She says, like, I'll be back, but she actually never comes back the rest of the series. So. <laughs> um, my brother used to live in Japan, um, and he, he had told me a long time ago that, like, when you're eating, like, noodles and stuff in Japan mm-hmm. or a, a lot of Asia, that slurping is supposed to make it taste better, I think. So mm-hmm. in some, I guess, cultures over there, it's considered disrespectful if you don't slurp. I don't know. I I, I saw something recently on YouTube about that. And I guess there's a little, I'm not saying your brother's a liar, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're saying that it's not like, like you're, if you don't do it, you're not being disrespectful, but it is the way they just do it. <laughs> hmm. So it's well, kind of like. YouTube would know more than, you know, somebody that lived there. Well, it was done by an actual <laughs> Japanese person. <laughs> it was their YouTube channel. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but. but also, why does Carol care so much about the roses? Like, they're not hers. Like, what the fuck is she so excited about? I don't know. Just like, oh, look, Dan Jenny, you got roses. You know? know. Um, But also, her secretary is getting really annoying. (laughs) Like, she knows that she's on vacation. What the fuck she keep calling for? Like, she can't just text her? Well, I I feel like she's not really on vacation. She's just passing through, and she's just always out of the office. So she's always having to call. Like, if I was a secretary, I'd be fucking annoyed, like, having to call her, like, all the freaking time. Hmm. Like, can you just like read check your email every once in a while? Yeah, Fuck. Right. Um, I also looked it up, and the only thing I could find was vanilla bean carrot cake. Hmm. I could not find bean carrot cake. So Maybe that's what she meant. I'm not saying it's not a thing. I just I couldn't find it. Hmm. Gotcha. All right, scene 16. In the den, we see Mike, Carol, and Jan. Jan has gotten a package in the mail and is opening up. She reads the note and realizes it's from Aunt Jenny. She rhetorically asks, what do you think it is? Carol replies, if it's from Aunt Jenny, it could be anything. Jan pulls out a plaster cast and hands it to Carol as she reads the note. It reads, dear soul sister, 
I really goofed this time. After Paris, I tried to walk off that flattening French gravy skiing in Switzerland. I just had the cast off. I had an autograph for you. My regards to the gang. Love, Jenny. Carol starts reading the cast and reads, Jean-Claude Van Damme? No. (laughs) Jean-Claude Killy? He was a French alpine skier. (laughs) Did you notice I paused because I figured you probably had something for all these people? Mike continues reading and reads off Peggy Fleming. She was a figure skater. And Sir Edmund Hillary. He climbed Mount Everest. Jan screams, Paul Newman. He's salad dressing. (laughs) I was going to say that as a joke. Like, that's the only thing he's ever done. Yeah. (laughs) Just then the phone rings and Mike picks it up. He holds the phone and he goes, Brady residence, as he looks at Alice. (laughs) Yeah. Says it now. Funny. Hmm. (laughs) Apparently, it's Stevie for Jan. We hear Jan say, hi, Stevie. This Saturday night at whose house? I think that would be absolutely positively spectacular. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> I think that would be okay. Jen then says, you understand I'm not ready to settle down yet, and I won't be it until I'm at least 60. Mike and Carol just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So, and Jenny, once again, totally fucks her. I've been Hillary and Peggy Fleming. <laughs> probably, yeah. And Jan's totally going to fuck Stevie. So. Yeah, probably, yeah. Unless Stevie's a girl. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> All things are possible. That's right. And that <laughs> is the end of the episode. The end of the episode. I like Aunt Jenny. I don't think she ever comes back, though. She doesn't. That check. sucks. Aunt Jenny was cool. She even said, I'll be back. And she never does. I would probably watch a spinoff series of Aunt Jenny. <clears throat> she was interesting. Mm-hmm. She actually kind of reminded me a little bit of my mother, meaning like my mom was very was very world traveled and had a lot of shit from like all around the world. And like, QVC. <laughs> <laughs> well, later in life, sure, yeah, definitely. But like, if you remember in my house, there was always like weird shit around the house, and if you ever like asked her, like, what is that? Oh, those are shishi dogs that I got when I was in Japan for blah, blah, blah. Or I got this in Turkey when I was over there. And I got this over here and when I was in Thailand. And she just always had this shit because she was military like 22 years. And mm-hmm. so she like has been all over the world. And she likes to talk about her time because she used to scuba dive too. Like, oh, I used to scuba dive in the East China Sea. And, you know, it's kind of crazy shit, you know. So it was always kind of neat. So that kind of reminded me of my mom a little bit. So. And your mom told me stories about when she used to scuba dive too. That's not a joke. Yeah. She did. She was saying that she scuba dived somewhere and the water was really cold and she was with two doctors scuba diving. And they were like, check this out. And their balls were like, were all yeah. up inside their scrotum. I remember my mom told me that story too. Like, why would that. you tell somebody? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did want to do a quick little reiteration from last week. Okay. Remember our EVP that we gotten from. That's um, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were talking Help about me. what we <laughs> oh no, what we each thought it was, and I was like, to me, it just sounds like you breathing and that's it. That's what right. I said. But when I edited the episode and I was adding in that clip for the last right. episode, I was really listening. And from, I take back everything I said, like okay. your breathing is completely separate from the actual like EVP. I thought yeah. that's what it was. But when I was editing and I had to loop it and stuff like that to put it in the episode, like that's when I heard, I was like, oh, that's not yeah, the yeah. inhale, exhale. That's something else. Right. Yeah. So I was like, 
Oh, that's what it is. Oh. So I was hearing and listening to the wrong thing. Yeah. So I finally heard it. But I do agree with you. It does sound like, well, like this. I'll do the noise right now. It's like rubbing on the microphone. Yeah, yeah. So if I do like, like there it is there. Yeah. I don't know what it sounds like, but we'll see. So, yeah, I felt stupid. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. No, we are not. Well, we'd like to personally thank our producers from Patreon. Without you, this could not be possible. Nope. And uh, we want to give a special shout out to our OPs, Ginny uh, and Jim. Hell yeah. Because you guys got the ball rolling and started it all. Mm-hmm. So that makes you awesome. Let's do some homework assignments, Jimmy. Okay. First of all, check out the website, www.averybradypodcast.com. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or CastBox. Tell two friends about the show, or if you don't like it, tell two enemies. Send an email to the show and tell us what you like or dislike about the show at averybradypodcast.gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversations and the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you'd like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real life up to date info. Like if I'm going to be late releasing an episode, that's where you'll find it. And more importantly, go watch the Brady Bunch. Hell yeah. And now Tack is going to tell you what the next episode is going to be about Tack. All right. On the next episode is season three, episode 18 called The Big Bet. Bobby takes advantage of Greg after he wins a bet that Greg can't do twice as many chin-ups as Bobby. Meanwhile, Carol tries to figure out which woman at Mike's high school reunion is his old sweetheart, Bobo. <laughs> Interesting. That should be a good yeah. episode. <laughs> good old Bobo. Bobo. Good old Bobo. That sounds like a clown name. Yeah, who would call a girl Bobo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> Louis suck on that dick. <laughs> My name is Bobo. <laughs> Bring me that dick, Mike. Oh, we sound like Goofy. <laughs> sound like Goofy instead. <laughs> Gorge. <laughs> Gorge. <laughs> I don't know how our clown turned into Goofy all of a sudden. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Anything okay. else? I don't believe so. All right. Well, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tech. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another Sunshine Day. Keats Moton. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. 
And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.